Hello and welcome to the Be Less Dumb podcast. It's basically me chatting to a bunch of coaches who are more intelligent than I am and work in different areas than I am used to. I'm just going to ask them a bunch of questions and try to become a little less dumb in the process. Hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome to today's podcast. In this episode, we are once again talking to Sean Squires. Sean was actually one of the first guests we had on the show quite a long time ago, and we kind of talked all about what he's up to now and what he's been, been doing. So just to kind of rehash on that, um, Sean is an s coach just like myself. I met him in LIT in Ireland. And also, uh, mostly the sport that uh, Sean has mostly worked in is the Canadian football, or like, you know, American football in Canada. Um, and most recently, he has been like an assess- assistant SNC coach with St. Andrew's College over here in Ontario. So, Sean, mate, welcome to the show. Just want to kind of quickly reintroduce yourself. Yeah, man. First of all, Danny, thanks for thanks for having me on again. I mean, it was a pleasure, you know, chatting and uh, talking shop the last time I was on. So I'm, I'm more than happy to be here. And thanks again. Um, yeah, like you said, strength and conditioning coach. Um, work at work at a St. Andrews College. Um, right now, obviously, given the circumstances where I'm not really doing too much out of there. Um, but also have a couple guys that we work with um, outside of outside of that. And just been kind of getting back into the swing of things coaching wise, both, you know, outdoor and, and, and on site. But yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. And I'm looking forward to talking all, all, all about speed today. Yeah, no, for sure, mate. You're like I said, you are always welcome to the show whenever you want to come on. Um, so this is once again, another kind of return to training series episode. And this is a, a slightly different one from the rest that we've done. So, so far we've done a basketball one and MMA one, or whatever. We, we, I think it's like the fifth one we've done. This is going to be looking more particular at like a topic of SNC rather than the sport as a whole. And that topic, as you just said, is, is going to be speed. And we're going to look at all the different things that people need to, the kind of considerations that people need to take into obviously consideration. So let's kind of, let's kind of start by maybe if you could just firstly give a breakdown of what you think speed training actually kind of entails. For sure. For sure. Um, so for me personally, what, I mean, like, I know we were talking briefly just about speed and agility and, um, you know, things before the, before the episode here. But for me, like the, the demographic that I work with and the demographic that I've had most of my experience with is, is team sport. So I think like, honestly, from, you know, what I've seen and, and what has worked, what I've learned from, from other coaches that when you're working with team sport athletes, a lot of times you kind of have to mesh speed and agility together um, and put them on the same level um, in terms of like balancing the amount of volume you do in terms of speed, linear stuff, lateral stuff, multi-directional movement. Um, so for me, speed is all about getting from, point A to point B as fast as you can. And that might be in a straight line. That might be, in a, you know, you might have to change direction. Uh, you have, might have to react to a stimulus, whether it's a visual or an auditory cue, whether it's in training or, or a game situation. Um, so there's a lot of different components that go into speed. Um, so I necessarily, I don't necessarily look at it as like a straight line kind of thing, whether it's linear or, or, or that type of stuff. I would look at it like a, almost like a full circle, right? And we have all these things touching each other, like building off each other to create the circle bigger and bigger. Um, so I think like, again, the most simple definition, I guess, is just going from point A to point B. Um, but we like to attack it from a whole bunch of different angles, right? We're doing a ton of, like I said, for team sport, we really emphasize a lot on acceleration and deceleration um, when it comes to the drills that we prescribe. Um, but with, with any of the athletes that we work with, like a huge, huge component of our speed training and then speed in general, I think is prepping the body to get the most out of out of your speed training that you're going to subscribe subsequently what the hell am i trying to say right afterwards uh <laughs> after the warm-up you're going to get the you know more out of it in that in that sense right so we spend a lot of time in our in our sessions especially coming back to speed stuff um guys might have been sitting around for a long time you know eight weeks 
I mean, pretty much we weren't doing much for eight, nine weeks at the beginning of all this, right? Whether it was mm-hmm. just at homework. Um, so a lot of like a lot of emphasis goes into tendon health, um, range of motion training and mobility stuff at the beginning of sessions. So these guys just like are finding new ranges of motion in the warm up, so that by the time they get into into our speed work or acceleration work or I mean, we, we kind of circle our, our or have our circle. We have like jumps, throws and sprints. Um, but again, we, we kind of incorporate the prep work that we need into the warm ups take a long time. Um, we do like a bunch of spatial awareness stuff, just moving through different spaces because that's what team sports is about is being able to react and move your body through different space. Um, so we do a lot of that in the warm up, just prep, prepping the cognitive factors involved too. Um, and like there's, I mean, we, we will touch on progressions a little bit too, but I kind of try to look at progression in the warm up as well. Like maybe one week we're doing, like we're staying consistent with a lot of the things that we do and the principles stay the same, but maybe we open up the drills. Like we would do multi-directional stuff that down and back, for example, 10 yards down, 10 yards back, uh, two movements. Now we're doing, we're splitting it 10 yards, 10 yards straight ahead. And then halfway through it, you kind of have to do a little spin or do a little like, you know, rotation to get you in a better position to do maybe a different movement. For example, we might do some shuffles for 10 yards, light shuffles, and then you have to spin and get into a karaoke on the other side. And then you're doing the same thing back. So d- those type of small progressions happen in our in our warm-up. It allows that kind of build that foundation to when we progress into our, our jumps, our throws, and our sprints um, in our in our actual speed work. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like in a, in a longer nutshell what I kind of think speed is all about. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, and it's important. Well, one thing people forget, you see, like, you know, when you are looking at, especially when it comes to speed, the warm up that you're doing, you're trying to, you know, I always say prep, 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 like you're preparing yourself for the thing you're about to do. But also, if you if you progress the actual session itself, but never progress the warm up, <laughs> then, you know, you're not, are you still after four or five weeks of speed training? Are you still preparing yourself to the best of your ability to do the speed session you're about to do? So that's really important too. Um, yeah, no, and no. you touched on a bunch of things there, mate, jumps, throws, mm sprints uh visual arbitrary all those kind of things so let's let's take it uh let's take it from a let's just start i guess with like a straight le- a straight line speed stuff mm-hmm. and we'll take the kind of consideration maybe they have a little bit of a chat about you know different distances drills how yeah. you might progress these drills and distances and then maybe where you would add the certain and different stimulus mm-hmm. for sure like like i said at the beginning a lot of team sport is played in that acceleration or that drive phase um so a lot of our linear work is just short you know, 10 yards, um, at least at the beginning of a session, you know, you do, we're doing a lot of our acceleration from different, we work on positioning as well. And, and let me not leave out deceleration as well, because you got to be able to stop. Um, but when we get off to the beginning of our sessions, it's a lot of 10 yard accelerations, really working on arm drive, really working on angles, positioning, um, and just working on pushing that ground away from that's the cue that we use a lot in that acceleration phase is just push that ground away, away, away. Um, and just being aggressive off, off those first few um we progress a lot of our linear stuff like i've been a huge proponent on once you get through that like i mean when you look at a 100 meter sprint for example and you get through the acceleration phase then you have a little bit of a transition phase then you get into the max velocity phase um and then obviously not necessarily for 100 meter sprinters but you have a deceleration phase so we kind of look at our linear progression like that um so a lot of the times our transition we've started to develop our transition phase into our max velocity stuff so after we do a lot of maybe like four sets of 10 yard acceleration work. We mix that in usually with some jumps and some throws, because I think a lot of jumping and throwing really does tap into like that acceleration phase as well, because you're trying to produce like maximal outputs for X amount of time, whether it's a two second time with, uh, with jumping um, or, or a longer time under time under tension with, with a med ball throw, 
you're kind of like you're tapping into the same you know adaptation as you would for from a 10 yard sprint so we usually pair up a lot of jumps and throws um lower level jumps and and med ball throws with those that acceleration work and then once we get through that acceleration you might get into some more max velocity stuff and we've been i've been really messing around i I have another group chat that i talk about with with two coaches that i worked at uh with twist we've been working on like tempo runs and like different different approaches different build-ups into like a 15 yard fly or a 10 yard fly um now obviously when you're when you're looking at progression from the acceler i think the acceleration phase you kind of have to hammer that all the time and, and it's almost very consistent like you only need that 10 yards you're not the way you're going to progress that probably is is just from a set perspective and a total volume perspective um and like i forgot to mention this at the start but a lot of the times you don't want to be looking at your max velocity work or like max intensity work any more than like 250 to 350 yards of that work is kind of what we look at in terms of total volume for that i don't necessarily count the warm-up or conditioning as, as part of that total volume but that's the kind of distance we like to cover in a, in a speed session. And obviously you can build them up a little bit more um, based on, you know, if they're, if their work capacity is getting up, touch up to that 400, maybe 450. But if you're not training a, a track athlete, I don't think you need a ton more uh, total volume in, in that, because at that point you might be, you might be hitting that, that point of no return, right? You're not getting much adaptation out of it. It's becoming more conditioning. And the, and the rest is key between all these accelerations of acceleration stuff, flying 10s, flying 15s, the longer the rest, the better. Um, some of our guys have, have heart rate monitors, which really helps us because we've been doing some, just some max aerobic testing and figuring out how long it takes guys to get back to like a regulated heartbeat. So they're able to kind of keep pushing that. So um, that's allowed us to tailor some of our rest a bit longer. I mean, with the demographic I work with, hockey guys have this wild work capacity that they just seem to always want to go, 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 which is totally fine. Like, but we have to monitor it, monitor it because we don't want these guys just doing sub-maximal outputs on, on our on our speed work, especially our max velocity. Um, but those curve sprints are really cool if you get them because it kind of helps them in the transition phase into max velocity. So you're able to, to see them get smoother and smoother around that bend and then just get into top speed mechanics when they're just more standing tall. And that little curve allows, like it really gives them, we use, right now we're using a little bit of cones. Um, so again, like in terms of progression, like, a lot of the times with our curved approaches, we'll give them like eight yards and then eight yards of a buildup into a 10 yard fly. Right. And maybe we're doing that for three weeks and then we move on and we're doing like a 10 yard buildup with a 15 yard fly. You're slowly progressing based on, you know, small micro cycles, whether you want to spend two, three weeks, four weeks, like as long as you feel necessary for, for that, but you've got to give it some time to, before you start adding more volume. Um, so I think that's how we, we do that when it comes to the, the linear linear stuff and deceleration is key too. I think that's a huge thing for, especially for teamwork, uh, team sports, you kind of have to stop in a straight line. So I've been adding in, even with our flying 20, like sometimes now we're at a point where we're at flying 15, flying 20s from a, like a straight line buildup as well. And then I'm throwing in like 10 yards of, of decel time or decel space, you know, come to a good balance because that's where a lot of injuries happen. Guys don't know how to come to a balanced, safe athletic position when they stop or when they change direction. And, and that's something that, you know, has, you know, there's some, there's some merit in that to, to keeping guys available so, the, so they can showcase their skill sets, right? Um, yeah. So yeah. No, for sure. And I'm, it's funny that I'm a, I'm a huge, always do a huge fan of, you can ask any of my athletes, I always tell them, you want to be able to stop in an athlete ready position, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's of crucial. And we all talk about getting faster, sprinting hard, sprinting hard. You see so many speed sessions that are done and then they just sprint, 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 and then they just finish off nice and gentle through the cones and that's it. 
you know, you want to add in some kind of stimulus to at least encourage them, whether whether that be, you know, you they react to something and stop in a position that may be slightly more sport specific, or they have to about to take contact or something like that and they want to react to the to get themselves in a position to be able to absorb a bit of the force when they take contact and stuff like that. Um, I mean, and I, I guess the kind of, for you, so you're talking about your curved approach and I do like that. And, you know, the volume control is so important on this return to training. Um, when do you start adding in, say, like, you know, a verbal visual stimulus or make it slightly more game specific or you just currently just keep working on that kind of, kind of go in your own time or you go and go, go, go. What way are you doing it right now? Uh, I mean, like, to be honest with, with a lot of the guys that we work with, um, our sessions kind of have a progression within the session, right? Like maybe the first few sets we're doing uh, just on your own, go, go whenever, right? Other times we're adding in a visual stimulus. Um, I think it's something that needs to be trained, you know, a decent amount. You need to be doing it all the time, especially with team sport athletes, because they're, that's most of their sport is reacting to something and changing direction and being able to, to have a total body movement, right? So, whether it's hearing something, most of the time it's audit or it's uh, visual. So I like using a lot of visual stimuluses. Like today, for example, we were, you know, you would have a start position. You have one guy in a start position, um, just running straight up the hill, and another and two other guys coming coming at him laterally. So he'll he'll sprint up the hill. The two other guys are doing a lateral movement and then trying to get up the hill and recover and uh, you know touch that guy or pass that guy is what we were doing today. Um, easier said than done, but. Um, I think the visual stimulus is something that we do all the time. Like in our warmups, we're doing, we're doing visual stimulus based on like, it will, we'll change direction off of like me moving forward or something like that. Right. Or like, we'll switch, we'll go back based off of that. So that's something that I do all the time because it keeps them. I mean, like it keeps their, their eyes being the driver for the rest of the session too. Um, their head is up. They're not looking at their feet. They're not too worried about that. Um, and if some athletes you notice, and this is where your coaching guy comes into play. If some athletes you notice need to take more time, uh, to change direction, or if they're, they're kind of wobbly because they're trying to change direction too quick, that's when you have to regress them a little bit and just get them focused on, you know, foot positioning. And again, like you were talking about coming to a balanced athletic position when you, when you come to stop. Um, so I think the visual stuff you need to start doing a lot and the, the compete, the compete thing is, is great too. I don't think there's any sort of. I shouldn't say there's not any sort of progression, but it's something that you need to be doing. Like the, the skill aspect of the drills are going to, are going to expand, but you need to be doing these visual and the, these type of stimulus all the time, especially for team, team sport athletes. I just think they're, they're ready for it because they've been doing it their whole lives already. They've been, so it's just about how, how can you improve their ability to, to, to change direction based on that stimulus. And you know, we do it a lot. We do it with balls. We do it, different color balls will be like, okay, you got to watch for the blue ball. When the blue ball comes out, you got to go, you got to change direction. We do it a lot at the end of our warmups. We like to do some compete drills. You know, I love the cat and mouse stuff. I love like prone position starts where you give a guy a little bit of a head start. Uh, maybe he's starting facing the guy. So there's a little bit of disadvantage there. And then he's got to get up, turn, and then the guy's got to chase him, try to run past him. Uh, we usually like to incorporate some of those compete drills right off the start because it gets the cognitive, you know, factor involved at the end of a warmup and that compete uh level driven up so again you're and then you're you're fired up to get into those first few acceleration drills and and tossing those med balls and stuff too so yeah, something that we do a lot we do i've been doing as a from a coaching perspective i i do it every session <laughs> every yeah. session yeah for sure i mean and that's it right you know we, at the end of the day sometimes we forget that we are dealing with athletes and they are super competitive for the most mm-hmm. part you know so like you, you know i think we chatted about a little bit on your podcast a while ago when you know when to introduce games and when to you know they always want to be kind of competing with each other a little bit. And if, if it's, you know, 
if it's going to be somewhere between a warm up between a quote unquote not not boring drill, but maybe sometimes a straight line acceleration, mm. it can be a little bit boring for an athlete who's done it a bazillion times, right? Um, if you can get them kind of at least in intrigued a little bit by making it some kind of game specific stuff, and that's always going to help you with buy in as well, right? Absolutely. And then those kids are talking to their friends about how they're training, and that's bringing you know, from a, a business standpoint, it's bringing people together, and, and everybody's kind of building on each other. And it's it's good with flow because now, now if you get like a jump throw and then you get into a repeat throw, you know, two guys, three guys are doing your throws and you're moving in. It just helps with the coaching flow and the drills doing moving really well together. Um, so I've definitely noticed you know, a big a big carryover for buy-in. So guys just want to compete, uh, especially team sport athletes. Part of culture that you've been in, uh, part of just being an athlete, right? For sure, for sure. And um, like, what about are you, are you running a progression of you know? I know we talked a little bit about distance. Are you going like tens, flying tens, heel spritz, that kind of way? Yeah, you know what? That's. Ex- I mean, we usually do our max velocity work after our uh, after our uh, what's it called stuff, our acceleration stuff. Um, and then yeah, getting it. We use our hills more for conditioning, um, or more for like once we go through our max velocity stuff, we usually get into like multi-directional speed is what we kind of like to structure it as. Where like like I said, you'll maybe do a lateral shuffle, uh, and, and into like a you know a defensive slide position to get you recovered, and then you sprint up the hill. Um, so we're just working on those smooth transitions. That's the type of stuff we're doing nearly at the end of our session. Um, but that's just getting guys moving through space, and it's not like crazy amounts of, of you're, you're maybe shuffling or, or crossing over for eight yards and then just trying to get a smooth transition up the up the hill sprint so that's usually done after after our max velocity work and the way we've just been progressing that is just adding in more sets adding in an extra rep um you know if we're, if we're splitting it up you know you have one guy going or you obviously want to get both both sides trained so you're you're shuffling to one side you might you sprint up the hill you walk up or walk back down get to the other side and it's just it's typically what's important too is i'm trying to monitor that rest in between those sets or in between those reps i should say so if a guy's getting to the top of the hill and he's taking about 30 40 seconds to get to his next his next rep that's ideally what we're trying to shoot for so they're getting that that adequate time to to be fresh enough to put out some max efforts into it um and the way we progress it over the summer at least what's been going on our spring and summer that's been going on uh, with us is just adding a little bit more volume every week not necessarily every week like we're kind of doing the same things, and then we, we change up the stimulus in terms of starting positions. Like the first week, we might start in just a basic two-point stance. Um, and then the second week, we might move into like a lateral start position and just working on getting out of that and then getting into becoming a sprinter as fast as we can. Um, and then, you know, after that, we might go to a prone position. Um, and then once we kind of what, – what I've noticed is we, we go through those progressions, and then at the end of it, and like maybe the fourth week, we started just allowing them to pick and choose what – what positions they want to give them a little bit more autonomy over their, over their training. Cause now they have this wide, they have this wide bandwidth in a sense of movement skills. Right. And we're like, all right, so now we've gone over the crossover, we've gone over the lateral shuffle. And then you kind of see what people like, and you know, most people are going to go towards what they're good at. Right. And I see my hockey guys all the time. Once I, once I say, you know, pick whichever one and that, and, and again, that progression can happen in a session. Now that we've done so much basic skill work and we've, we've kind of like opened up our, our agility training and speed training. Um, to be less, more open and less closed circuit stuff, so we have less cones, um, allowing our guys to move through space freely. Um, that, that's a that's a way that we kind of progress throughout the weeks as well. Is just going more to open concept, change of direction drills, compete drills that are more open concept. Um, and now, like even with our lat or our movements, if we do our lateral movement into our hill sprint, the progression we've been doing with that is like there was a tunnel, so they'd come around, they'd have a start cone, 
a transition cone and then a tunnel cone. They come around the, they, they would do their lateral shuffle or their, or their crossover for eight yards, 10 yards, um, slowly progressing over the, over the weeks. But then what also got taken away was the cone. So first to go with the tunnel cone. So now we just have them, you know, they have their start cone, then they hit their transition cone and we're just trying to work on, okay, are they, have they improved their like space reduction in the sense and efficiency in a sense without a cone, without a visual stimulus. So now they have less to rely on and they have to use their body a little bit more. So that's, that's one way we've been progressing, I guess, a positive uh, aspects of the drill. Um, just getting guys covering the ground quicker. And, uh, and it's important in, in team sports to develop that transition speed between having to go from a back pedal to a forward sprint or having to go from a lateral shuffle into a sprint uh, or a crossover back into a sprint, like especially from a defensive perspective in any sort of team field sport, court sport, not necessarily volleyball, but basketball, if you're competing against somebody else, at, at some point you're going to be shuffling and then sprinting and then maybe decelerating and getting back into a good position, right? A, a lot of times throughout the game. So we like to incorporate that into a lot of our speed work as well. It's just that transition speed, recovery speed. And it's such a, I think it's an undervalued aspect is deceleration and recovery speed. I don't think it's trained enough. Um, I think if if guys like if you see if you see top defensive players in the NBA like Kawhi Leonard and, and Patrick Beverly, the way to recover that's what makes them elite defenders, and that's what I think makes elite athletes too. Because now you're you know everybody wants to be the, the offensive skill and they want to have all that and they want to train that to the max. No one wants to train the defensive side of things. Once you show you can lock down whether you're a defensive back in football or whether you're a defenseman in ice hockey. You're just covering down smoother, quicker, and more efficiently. Like people are going to start turning heads, and that's going to open up more doors and, and give you more opportunities as an athlete long term. Too. I don't know yeah, for spiel. Sure. <laughs> no, but for sure, right? I mean, it all makes sense, right? You know, like you know, like you even talk about there, right? Maybe even having a way to explain to the athlete why you think it's important, and then you know, get gain more buy-in from that is also you know, is also going to help you and your calls and when it comes to the training. How many how many speed sessions right now a week are you guys are your guys doing? Two usually. We have one to two. do. That's the other thing. We, we have to get as much bang for our buck as we can. It's not like we're seeing guys, you know, once or sorry, like three times a week on a track and then twice or three times a week in the weight room. I'm usually seeing guys once once a week in the weight room, once or twice a week on the speed. So just based on demand and what we need to offer these guys, we want to get them, you know, doing multi-directional speed, not necessarily just linear speed. We want to attack lateral speed we want to attack change of direction speed we want to attack agility they all go hand in hand it's that full spectrum approach and and then, like i said a lot of a lot of stuff on injury prevention as well tendon tendon uh tendon prepping all this tendon work as well it's, it's keeping the guys available right yeah for sure um, are, are most of your guys back playing their sport a little bit now no they... no one's playing anything um are they everybody's training just training yeah everybody's just, especially especially our hockey guys we got our basketball guys that are unfortunate they can't get inside to be playing basketball but a lot of our basketball guys are still finding ways to get their shots up get their skill work in hockey guys are on the ice with about five to ten and i think now a lot of them are doing 10 uh, 10 guys on the ice um just working more skill work no system work which is fine because then we can we can we can ramp up the speed work and the strength work because they're not doing high intensity system work through like with their teams right um we have a little bit longer of an off season which is nice for most team sport athletes in terms of development um and we can put more effort into into what they're doing off the ice. But I still, when it comes to hockey players, I still dominate. Like most most of my guys are on the ice five to eight to eight hours a week, um, and that's like yeah, I'd say five on the low end for sure. Guys are doing like sometimes doing two ice sessions a day, so I have to take that in consideration, especially with uh, lower body training, right? Like 
Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely a lot to manage because everybody, there's a lot of uncertainty and nobody knows what's going to happen in terms of a playing season. Um, some guys that we work with that are going to the States, a little bit different. They kind of have, it sounds like they're going to try to do some sort of a season um, wherever it might be in different States. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm no political expert, but I heard like this U S is all the States are deciding what they're doing in terms of their health and safety precautions or, or protocols. So, um, it's really up in the air, but here in Canada, at least like college sport, I mean, as you know, it's, it's not going on this year, which I think is the right call. Uh, it just gives guys more time to prepare <laughs> guys, not even just like, I see some, some stuff coming out from Eric Cressy saying, you know, you have all this time. Why don't you learn how to cook? You have all this time. Why don't you learn how to sleep better? You have all this time. Why don't you learn how to journal and take care of your mental health? A lot of time to prepare as an athlete. And there's a lot more things than just like the physical preparation of training too. Um, so that's one thing that we do in our cool downs. We talk a lot in our warm ups. We talk a lot about this type of stuff too, and just just raising the awareness and raising a bar for these guys to get better. A lot of our a lot of our guys have started to track their food, and, and that's a that's a testament to Packer and who you had on before. Like I'm always I'm always shouting them out and, and saying you know how much how important it is to to track what you're putting into your body, and, and some kids are buying into it, right? And some of our athletes have actually reached out to Pat and, and have been working with them too. So um, it's all about just building people up and. and trying to, to, to look at it from a full spectrum and get all those buckets filled, get, you know, there's those big rocks of training and then there's those buckets within the rocks that you have to fill up as well. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of things to do, but the more you're aware of it now, I think, and you know what? I had an interaction with an athlete, a new athlete the other day. And that was just the best thing because at the end of the day, obviously you and I, from a coach perspective, we want to get these guys as the top physical and mental shape that they can be to have the best opportunity to continue their career in sport. But there's, I mean, what, what comes first for me is just working with, especially with my demographic in high school is like showing these guys the importance of a lifestyle of, of healthy, active living and how important it is to like put effort into these types of stuff. That's going to get you results to keep your body strong, keep your mind strong. And a kid the other day, I asked him like, you know, I always ask guys their training background and then, you know, what they've done in the past. And then I ask them why they want to train. Why are you here? And this guy, our new guy, I'll leave his name out, but he just said, I'm here to just kind of get better and then kind of fall into that training lifestyle for the rest of my life. And I was like, I'm this, that's, that's the type of stuff I like to hear. Um, so it was pretty cool to, to have some of our, our athletes bringing in their friends, bringing in their, um, bringing in their, you know, people that they know on their teams that want to stay, stay up and stay ready. And it's been, it's been cool to have different challenges with, with getting back to coaching now too. Um, and that's what I love about it, man. This is, I mean, like, I'm sure you, you went through it the first few weeks and, and months. It was a tough adjustment for everybody, like mentally, physically, we we're sitting, doing, not doing as much. Um, and like kind of going through that, are we going to have to be from a coaching perspective, have that hybrid online, still stay in contact with some of your clients as best you can. Uh, I struggle with, you know, just mental, mental health, in, in general and it was tough and I'm sure a lot of people have that, that sort of anxiety and uncertainty about, about life, about jobs. Um, but when you attack that full spectrum, it's nice to kind of to, to get back to what really matters. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that, that's what I actually sort of a lot of my, like one of the things I realized with a lot of my athletes and a lot of my clients or whatever way you want to look at it, their mental health was so reliant on their healthy well being, Right. You know, and like we're, we're talking about, especially athletes so who are you know, I mean, training really hard for events that were coming up around this time, you know, or maybe from March onwards. Exactly. I spent a lot of time, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of training, a lot of sacrifice and 
when if they'd known they fucking maybe should have been out hanging out with their friends and stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. finding more of a balance for it but yeah i mean it's it's true right you're you're someone i was talking to a guy the other day he's a, he's a physio in northern ireland up in belfast and he, he said he said something so true like you know we're in the business we think we're in the business of coaching sports or strength or whatever but we're not we're in the business of coaching humans right and that's that's what we always kind of have to fit, bring it back to, right? And that, that makes it, you know, it kind of ties into what you just said there. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's coming to you and they want to get in it, it's a huge part of it, and it is. And people people can underestimate it, but it, it, it's massive. Um, of course. And I, I guess that, you know, they, we, we, you've gone through so much there, dude, and, and, like, you know, the agility side of things, the straight line speed, the progressions, um, in sessions, volume loads, there's so much there. So that, that's a ton of stuff so i'm really appreciative and hopefully some athletes and coaches can can take some of this away and then um, you know if they if they want to kind of reach out to you or me or i can put them in contact with you or even in this area mate if they want to come and join your your outdoor speed group um no doubt where, where, where are you where are you currently doing your outdoor speed training uh we're doing our outdoor stuff up in richmond hill uh okay. park down in young and bernard so just uh just off of off young street there um pretty a little bit north of Elgin Mills. that's the main intersection uh, okay. We're doing a little bit of on-site strength training as well. We just got about three, four sessions a week right now, uh, where it's more just kind of like first come first serve. We're only having uh, four athletes at a time come to our strength session. Um, so again, that's this is our first week of launching it. So um, it's a learning curve for me going into a new environment, but it's also a learning curve for um, our athletes to get adjusted again back into the weight room. And you know, you don't want to start off too. You don't want to go in and just keep you know do four sessions a week or whatever, right? You got to build up it. Jump in and, and uh, you know if you're coming if you're if you've been keeping up with your strength training in a sense whether it was you know body weight training at home um, maybe you have some equipment at home that help you you know stay up you still once you get back in the gym it's a different environment it's a different culture in a sense especially in a in a team culture where it's group training so we try to like you know just give them as much as they can uh, train again from that full spectrum and make sure our guys are, are staying healthy and, and not overdoing it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the I mean, like this has kind of made everyone have a realization of that you know you can't just go one hundred percent back into anything right now. There has to be some structure. There has to be some progression. And uh, you know, like me, Pat talked about it a little bit last week when it came to maybe like the powerlifting side of things. But every coach is like Connor made. Do you remember Connor? Connor made a good point yesterday about you know you're gonna you're gonna take a an MMA athlete who's back sparring. You're gonna give him a heavy leg session and watch the DOMs. <laughs> and then watch them get beat the fuck out of and sparring you know it's so many more aspects to think about it and i you know i encourage everyone to think about the first time they came to the gym and take a similar kind of approach to you know what was the first time you came to the gym last time how sore were you you don't want to be that sore again so then maybe let's make some strategies to make you not as you know not as sufferable with delayed onset soreness and stuff like that um Couple of things I want to ask you. So I see you're doing a bunch of videos and stuff. What's what's that up about? What, I see you're yeah, looking like yeah. you've got a fucking production team around you right now. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man? It's like okay, so that's my best friend. His name's Adun Chandu Kumar. Check him out on Instagram at Blink. Okay. Uh, this guy's phenomenal with what he does, and um, you know we've been talking for a long time about trying to open up a spot eventually um, in terms of a gym um, and kind of building the brand from a. And this this opportunity kind of came up with you know, the COVID situation, he does a lot of work, um, in the wedding season, obviously weddings have kind of gone out the window this year. So he had a little bit more time and, and, you know, we, we were chatting one day after once things kind of opened up, we were starting to hang out, go for long boards, just kind of chill out outside. And we were talking about, you know, getting back into taking training a little bit more seriously. 
because uh, he was a varsity athlete. He played basketball five years at York University, was captain of the team, and you know he had his fair share of training on himself too. Kind of his practice. And the wild thing is like all the stuff that he puts out is like super epic, and like I love it. And he does a lot more things outside of just weddings. Like he does events, he does basketball highlight tapes. He's been doing business promotions for people, um, and he did not go to school for anything like that. This guy went to school for communications. And just he taught himself everything. He was very resourceful when his playing career was done. Fell into this like near the end of his playing career. Uh, fell into photography and videography, and then just basically taught himself everything. So the stuff that he's putting out, man, is 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 on that wizard level, man. I can't believe it. So he kind of offered to help me build the brand, um, build us up in a sense, and just try to keep it consistent. So we're we're trying to put out you know two three videos a week of just solid information. Um, just kind of like right now we're building the foundation so we're doing a little bit of we try to do like a, a, a highlight in a sense because he likes making highlight highlight videos and and, and and that's his skill like he's crazy good at that so it's nice to to have that as like the promotional side of things then we give like a picture again more so on the promotional side of things as well uh, and then we give like more of a how-to or like a demo type video so we're trying to follow that consistent theme um so yeah it's just i go there we, we train together two three times a week and then during those training sessions, we just get video clips here and there, you know, like if I'm demoing our single arm dumbbell bench press, all he'll, he'll have himself and one other guy that we work with as well. Is He's actually the first athlete that I ever got into coaching strength and conditioning with. He was a basketball player. His name's Craig Hansen. We went to high school with him and, and they work together right now. Um, so Craig comes and we get a second video or a second camera, uh, just get different angles. And yeah, and the dude's just always leveling up his, his, uh, his video game. So we're always we're always gonna be on top with that. He's the best at what he does. He's the master of his craft. Um, so it's pretty cool too. But there's some pressure, man. There's some like I've never done anything like this where there's like a mic above my head and stuff. And it's it takes that's an adjustment too. That's a that's a learning curve as well, right? Like I remember the first one we did was a single leg RDL. We had to do it twice, but it was like I was it was not necessarily the 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 I was just fumbling my words or like I was overthinking things. And that's the same kind of process, I guess, as, as an athlete. Sometimes right? you go out there and you're overthinking things and you can't, you can't process it well enough to be efficient. Um, so it's the same thing with, with this type of stuff, but it's fun. And it's, uh, I'm working with my best friend. So it, it feels like, and the best thing about it is it just doesn't feel transactional. You know what I mean? Like we're just going in, we're hanging out, we're training, we're doing these videos here and there. I've actually like personally in my personal life fallen into like more of like an art, an art wave and like photography and taking sick fit uh, videos or sick um, photos in Toronto and stuff. I've been traveling around Toronto a lot recently and just seeing different areas. And it's, it, it, this has kind of helped me tap into it as well. Right. Something that I'm a little sure. bit so I used to make highlight tapes for, for sports all the time. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice to be back into it and, and be helping my friend out at the same time and helping me grow as a coach too. So it's, uh, you know, everything goes hand in hand. We're trying to build each other up. That's awesome, man. Yeah, the videos look. That's what I was going to mention. They look sick, dude. I was yeah, thinking you guys, about it. If you guys ever need any for for uh, live, you let us know, man. Yo. It's funny. It's yeah. funny you say that, dude. We have a we have a guy who's come to work for us now, and he did his uh, undergrad in exactly that, like video communication stuff like that. So yeah. So I mean, for sure, if if he has any questions, I'll send him your way because he's, he's only new to it, but he. He's pretty decent as well. Um, what about so? What about St Andrews? I know we chatted a little bit beforehand. Do you think you said September? You think they'll kind of be open again? Yeah, like we we kind of put out a return to return to school plan last week. Um, very comprehensive, but I mean we're taking the we're, we're kind of fo- we're following the public guidelines from uh, from on, on the Ontario government with uh, with the class sizes down to fifteen. We're lucky enough. We have we have a lot of resources and 
and, and a great student body that's going to be, you know, open-minded to this, to these changes and these adaptations that we have to speak. So it's going to be an easy, I think it's going to be an easy transition. The, the struggle that we're going to have, like we have the space, that's what I mean, in terms of we don't have like huge classrooms that are up to 30 people already. We have like 20 person classes that have adequate amount of space to keep our social distance, to keep our space. Um, the interesting thing is going to be, because I haven't, there hasn't been much progress from the athletic side other than the fact that we're not going to be playing sports um at least like it seems like we're kind of following the youth sport model um 2020 kind of is canceled in terms of competing um for sport but what what it sounds like is we're trying to put in a little bit more inner inner school stuff um to keep our guys active boost up our health and wellness program um get our guys involved in in some sort of recreational approach to to sports and to to activity um, so I know a lot of more of our individual sports might still be running from a practice perspective. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we do in, in, in terms of getting guys into the weight room. Um, because I know prior to, prior to COVID, we were, we were having up to 20 guys in a, in a session and we have the adequate space to run 20 guys, no problem in terms of pre COVID. Um, but with the, with the measures we're going to have to do now, I, I could see us maybe having 10 people, two coaches and, and eight athletes. And it's just going to be about managing time, I suppose. Um, but we'll learn more and more as the, I mean, everything's changing all the time, right? So we might have some plans in place, but I mean, plans are always meant to be changed. So I'm just excited to get back working with those guys. Cause I mean, it's a, it's a great community there. And I really enjoy working with John, working with Megan, working with, you know, all the staff and students that are there. It's a shame that we're, I was really, really looking forward to coaching football this year. We have a phenomenal, we had a very young football team last year, grade nines. Cause I coach a junior there. Um, mm-hmm. And we had a ton of grade nine athletes on our team and we competed really well with, you know, in, within the junior division for, for the uh, independent schools. And uh, now all these guys are going up into grade 10 and they're going to miss their, their grade 10 season, which from a development standpoint, yeah, it, it might be beneficial because now we can maybe find a way to, to, to link junior and senior football in terms of practicing together. Um, whether it's just like obviously non-contact drills, but we might be able to, to, to do some, some sort of structured uh football training sessions so hopefully we do do that um but nothing replaces game experience so it's going to be a shame for, for these guys missing that great 10 year especially going into senior the year after but and i just you know we kind of had a goal last year when we lost in the semifinals that we wanted to win the, the independent championship next year and unfortunately we can't do that but uh, we'll see we'll see what happens it's you know at the end of the day things things might change we're, we're waiting yeah. to mid-August, and then I think mid-August we're going to have another update on, like, how athletics is going to be and, and how the school in general is going to get things rolling because that's two weeks out of when school starts. I think, yeah, school is September 8th this year. It's the day after Labor Day, and that's when I think we're all starting. But, I mean, there's some other public schools that do start in August that have also pushed their, pushed their stuff back to September. So everybody's in the same boat, and uh, I think we're just doing a sensible – we're taking a sensible approach to, to reopening and, and I'm just looking forward to getting back coaching those guys. Cause it's a, it's a great group of guys to coach too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, the only thing I would say is that everyone's going to be in the same boat, right? So the kids that lose a year of progression, the other kids are losing one too. So yeah, it's not ideal, but this, what is 2020 if not, <laughs> not ideal, right? I mean, um, Sean, mate, thank you. I probably uh, that's probably the next podcast we'll do is when you know more information. Maybe around September or so, we might even meet up, dude, and do it in person. Because yeah. fuck it, how we're not that far away from each other over here. Exactly, uh, might be a bad idea. Um, but yeah, mate, thank you, thank you so much for coming on today. And that, as always, dude, if you want to just give yourself a quick plug where people can find you, yeah, bro. Uh, just on Instagram there, SeanSquires.sc. 
Um, same thing on Twitter as well. Try to be a little bit more active on other things, but IG is probably the main spot to see the content we're putting out. Contact us uh, on our favorite programming. Um, yeah, thanks again for having me on, Danny. It's always a pleasure talking shop. And, you know, this is, this is what coaching is all about. It's not necessarily just about doing all this stuff in person. Um, you gotta, you gotta be talking and, and, and walking your walk at the same time. Right. Yeah, for sure, mate. Mate, thank you so much as always, dude. And I'll be in touch and we'll, we'll get another one scheduled for some point. Sounds good then. Right. Talk to you soon, dude. Appreciate it. Okay, so thank you to Sean for coming on today. Um, I always love chatting to Sean, um, especially when it comes to kind of speed training. And that's why I kind of got him on. Because right now he is running that kind of outdoor speed training group out here in Ontario. And it looks, it looks pretty good. And I know he knows his shit. So it was a nice one to chat about what he's exactly doing and what he kind of recommends. Um, okay, so we've got about three left, three episodes left in this Return to Play series. We're going to talk to Neil Kane about rugby. We're going to talk to Dave Williamson about swimming. I'm going to talk to basketball guys, obviously, about basketball. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy.